welcome back to the show, everybody. We with another episode 102, I think we at today. Um, you know, uh, I've been, I've been, I've been scratching my head about this episode. <clears throat> it just kind of one of those ones just popped up and uh, kind of started coming up out of nowhere, really. Uh, as I, I'm gonna just let this ride out in the background, you know, um, I've been, uh, I've been taking a gander through the the Reddit files. Under the Navy tab, the subreddit Navy, right? And, uh, man, it's a cesspool of fucking just, like, really, I want to say nothing good, but I guess there's a few things in there, right, that uh, are uh, half decent, if you will, right? And by half decent, I mean, not like, not even decent. I, there's There are some people out there trying to help other people through the Navy subreddit, Um and one of those is some uh, chief, former chief, or always chief. Uh, he's no longer active duty. That tries to really help people with mental health stuff and, and suicide stuff, and it's cool. It's uh, you know, it's um, it's important to help sailors with that stuff. But as I as I read through these things, right, um, and, and the the problems that sailors are having, it, in my mind, and I bring this up today because I was just having these conversations with with a couple sailors around the office uh, recently about some mental health stuff. So it's kind of one of those episodes, right? But like, you know, I'm asking a question, uh, and it, it just came up in a couple of different things I've been watching, right? Uh, on another YouTube channel that I was watching, you know, it came up, the question came up, is there still a stigma of Navy leadership not taking mental health serious? And, and what a lot of people said on this uh, other thing I was watching was absolutely yes. And I, I I read that I was like absolutely yes right and a lot of times uh, for good or bad when a junior sailor says that there's uh, the Navy leadership has a stigma they're talking about chiefs right maybe they're talking about all khaki but I think ninety percent nine out of ten people when they're going with Navy leadership they immediately go to the chiefs mess right good or bad. I read that and I was like, "That that's that's not true." I don't, I don't think that's true at all. I think are there? I think the out. I think it's an outlier now. I think if you're not taking it serious, you're an outlier, and you're the person that is behind on times. Right? This is something that I said uh, in in a more more recent episode um, with some of the table topics I did with the homies uh, a few episodes back. Right. And during that episode, what I said was um, something was brought up, like, are you more old school or more new school, right? And, uh, you know, it was talked about what is old school and what is new school. And a lot of us think, oh, I'm old school. But we're really not. Really, we're, we are the new school that has taken some things of old school and, and learned from them and implement them into the new school of doing things. And that's the that's same with the Navy, right? And w with chiefs, uh, you know, a lot of us are millennials now whether you fucking believe it or not, right? Just look up the fucking, you know, dates that you're born and, and you probably qualify. So with all these millennials, there there has been this shift and this change, right? And, and the way things are done and how much is uh, believed and how much is taken into account when sailors bring these issues to you, right? I've had sailors bring the issues to me and I'm like, yeah, go get the help that you need to get. I, I, I really don't care if you're out there getting help because if you're not getting that help and you're not being healthy, then... I don't have you here to do the job when I need you to do the job. And and that when I need you is like that deployment. It's not like 
in port here and there. Yeah, I need you there, but I can afford, I can make the time to afford to not have you there. Why do junior sailors still believe that there's a stigma of saying that you have mental health issues and this and that? And I don't have an answer to that, you know, to be, you know, uh, uh, straight up in the, in the uh, from the jump, right? But, you know, I have some thoughts, right? And, and those thoughts are like, one, it, it's uh, societal-wise, I don't... I don't think it's fully accepted. So then they take that and they bring it into the military because military is just a microcosm of the bigger society. Right. And we say, well, then it's not accepted. But, and, and then they feel it's not accepted because there's not all the medical resources they want. Right. And it's not that there's not medical resources. It's just not enough for what they want. It's not fast enough. And in today's world with, with, at our fingertips, we're used to having everything, right? Just Google the answer, and, and it's there. Well, when they feel that they need to talk to someone, they can't Google the answer of how they're feeling, so it's not fast enough. Just an opinion, right? And when it's not fast enough, then they feel like they're not getting what they need. They're not being supported. They're not being led. They're not being, taken, you know, quote, taken care of. I hate that. So when they start feeling like they, that's when they that's when they're going to start blasting right and like oh there's still a stigma you guys don't take care of us you don't care right and then that rolls into well you're a toxic leader because you don't care all right so then that's when they roll into like oh you don't care you're toxic because you don't care about my mental health and stuff but how much does that person actually care about their mental health themselves right so when i'm on reddit and i'm reading a bunch of stuff and people are giving you know so-called answers and solutions for things they do they could do I think it's it's often from what I read, it's often met with, nah, I tried it. And and just reading the words, it doesn't actually sound like they tried much, right? Or or reading like an ongoing, you know, thread, there's always that. You, you could tell, you know, you've been around long enough when the sailor, of any rate, when it's just excuse after excuse of why they couldn't help themselves or why they couldn't find the help that they need. I know a sailor out there that they they went and found the help and, and they paid out of pocket for the help that they needed. Is it right? No, probably not. You know, they, I bet they wish they could have gotten the help they wanted and needed um, through, you know, the, the proper channels or, or through, you know, our free insurance that, that we sacrifice for, right? But to them, it was important enough that they received the help at the level that they required, right? And, and that's not like, not to say a serious level, but the, like the, their standard of help, right? Maybe they went to, um, you know, to a, a naval medicine a therapist, counselor, whatever, and thought, fuck this, like this, like, no, I don't, this, uh, there, there wasn't that vibe, right? You go and sit down, I've never been, but like the vibe check didn't pass with them. So they went elsewhere and they, and they pay out of pocket for that. You know, and however that person affords it, I don't know, but good for them. Right? That's great that they're able to do that and get that help. But if you were to take that to other sailors, right? Some of these, you know, Navy subreddit sailors and be like, hey, have you tried uh, using the resources that are out there to point you in the right direction for help? The military one source, the the the, the Navy people, the like uh, fleet family, the uh, Navy doctors. Have you tried to get a referral out in town, you know? Might it be a couple months? Yes. But did you actually sign up to be on that wait list? Or did you say, oh, it's been a couple months, so fuck it. Or it's gonna, it's too long and I need it now, so I'm not signing up. What the fuck does that do for you? 
What you can't even get on. You don't. So when I say when I hear that right, when you say you have a problem, and I say here's the wait list. Yes, it's a couple months, but you need to get on this wait list so you can be seen. And you say no, that wait list is too long. What I heard was your problem is not serious enough or significant enough to you to get in the line and wait for the help that you're asking for. Because it's not serious to me, right? Not serious in the chance of like, I'm not the one going through. I'm not the one feeling what you're feeling. I'm not the one that needs to get in the line. But I've helped you and put you in the position for the resources. It's just going to take some time. So what can we do between now and then to make sure that you're okay, right? Everyone knows that if it's that serious, right, and you're contemplating, you know, you're having those suicidal ideations and you're contemplating and thinking about that stuff, then you let somebody know and that somebody should immediately take you to the ER and get you checked out and you'll be held for the 48, 72, 96 hours, whatever it is, whatever they deem necessary. You'll be put there, you know, at whatever hospital is close to you and you'll be monitored. And if, and if you don't like that because you feel that... Well, you're not that serious about it. So then how, how serious is serious enough to get help? Right? And that, that that's, what, that's what I'm asking. Like, when you're told you're, this is how it's going to go down, this is how you're going to receive the help, and then you refuse, and, and because that's not good enough or that's not what you want, then how serious is the issue? Right? That just in my mind, right? And I, again, I spoke with, uh, with the sailor about this. of so like, Coming up through the last 18 years where, and I told this person, I said, um, back in the day, you know, uh, I did, and my, I still don't, but like me and the sailors I was around, we didn't have mental health issues. Right. Um, and by what I mean by that is we didn't go get checked out. Right. What we did was when we had, when we probably had those mental health issues, we pulled back into port. And we went and partied and drank and, you know, uh, you know, saw our girlfriends and had a good time. Right. And, you know, um, again, we, the coping mechanisms that were probably not the healthiest, right. Uh, things that we probably should have maybe be talking to therapists about and counselors and, and, and getting all that. Right. But, you know, uh, then maybe there was a stigma or maybe it just wasn't talked about and the, the help wasn't there and no one really thought about it. And maybe we back then in that day, it, it sounds like it's so fucking long ago. It's really not right. 18 years is a long time, but it's really not that long time ago. Right. Early 2000, you know, mid 2000s, you know, so it's like, what, what do like that? We just went and had fun and just blew off the seam of fuck it. It was a shitty week underway. Right. And guess what? We got another shitty week underway next week. So for these two days that I'm, I don't have duty this time around, we're going to live it up and have a good time. And, you know, we just bought that scene because we're, we're going to get back to it. Right. Um, so it's like, what, what now, you know, I, and I asked another sailor, uh, what, what are like contributing factors, right. Of, um, the situation that we have today. Right. And some of the some of the societal stuff and a word they said was like exhaustion. Right. And I'm, I just kind of thought to myself, like, OK, interesting exhaustion, especially like for where I'm at. Most of you guys know what kind of platform I'm at. And if you're not familiar with the, the whole tempo and everything, like, you know, hit me up offline. We'll talk offline about it. But like when I heard exhaustion, I just thought, like, how? How can you be exhausted? 
right? I haven't been underway since September, right? I've spent the last month and a half, you know, having some pretty good working hours. What's exhausting about this? And I think for specifically where we're at, it's easy to become exhausted when you are, what's the word? Uh, there was that word when you don't, sedentary, sedentary. Someone look it up for me, drop it in the comments below. You know, when, when you're immobile, when you're not up and moving around, right? You get fat and lazy, right? I've gotten fat and lazy over the last month, okay? I haven't been moving, but I know how, and there's other people that know how that have been through it, right? Usually your, your senior first classes, your, um, depending on what platform, how long they've been in, second classes, right? But your chiefs know how to turn it on and off because you've been through the all that sea duty, and then you've gone to the shore duty where you've taken it down to like, you know, as low as you could for whatever shore duty you're at, you know, expend less energy, minimal energy as possible, because you know, when you go back out to sea, you have to expend more energy than you have. Right. So it's like, how can we fix exhaustion? And you can't, right? Like, like if you run things into the ground and, and you just keep running, 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 you get exhausted. But where where I'm at specifically, I just kind of I like laughed at that like exhaustion. Like I mean, yeah, for five months at a time, it it's fucking hard. But then for five or six months, it's it's not hard at all. You know, so you know, it's almost like you got many little shore duties in between your on whole time. So how are you getting exhausted? It might be exhausting for that five months, but you telling me like we don't have enough during the five months to get through. You don't have enough in your tank to get through it. And maybe for a junior sailor, they don't. But like, as I tell my sailors, by the time they're done with this tour, they're, they're going to have plenty. They're known. They're going to know how to fill that tank up, when to fill it up. Right. And then when they're going to, how to pace themselves to make it last wherever else they go throughout their careers. Right. And again, it, it, it's a learned thing that you have to, you have to be able to learn through experience. There's nothing else. Right. You can't just be like, yeah, I know how to do it because I've been, you know, sitting in a building. And, and this is my first ship, and, you know, I haven't been on any deployments. You know who I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> Inside joke. Um, how do you, and again, so that's not, every, and, and like when you say exhaustion, I mean, look at, you know, I know people that come from, you know, Japan over there where, the, the man, those ships are always getting after. They're always out on patrol. Patrol, patrol, patrol. That's the name of the game over there. There's no stopping it. Couple months out, couple months in. Couple months out, couple months in. They're like, you know, and those sailors usually come back and th yeah, they have their issues. Some do. Right. But the ones that have made it through all that, man, I tell you, they're, they're some of the smartest, uh, you know, most on point sailors that I know. Right. Because th their tanks are deep, right. They, there's a deep down, they can, you know, reach down and, and grab everything they need and, and get through, you know, the, with the hardest of things with a smile because, you know, heart is in the eye of the holder and, and they've had harder. Right. So, you know, I, I was just really thinking about like the, the exhaustion part and mental health and like why or how do we get driven there? Right. And I believe it's one of those things um, in, in the whole story of it. Right. Is there, there are sailors that have those serious issues. Right. Because um, one of these other things I was watching was a, uh, a TikTok, uh, it's a Marine that I guess is real popular on TikTok and Instagram or something, right? I forget his name. I'll have to look it up again. Uh, check the show notes or anything if, if I drop it in there. 
Um, I forget it, but like he's going off about um, leadership and someone getting promoted ahead of him and this and that, and that they're a toxic leader and blah, blah, blah. And he's going off and, you know, something he touched, he started touching on the mental health and not, not do not hitting recruiting numbers and all this stuff. Right. But something he hit on was like talking about how kids are joining the Marines, joining the military in general, right? Like out of ghettos, out of bad situations, they come here for like stability and comfort and then they walk into like shitty leaders, right? They're pretty much what he was saying was like, you know, dork ass motherfuckers that were nerds and dorks and, and weren't weren't the cool people at all, right? In high school or college or whatever. And now they're here and they get a little bit of rank and they now they're like abusing it. Right. Which, you know, to break this down in two ways, I thought it was funny, right? Because that's a common thing, like no matter what generation you've grew up in, right, is talking about how like the nerds are the ones that are going to get educated and be your boss one day, so treat them nice, right? And when you're just a fucking cool person trying to be cool at school and not get the work done, right, you ended up being the enlisted fucking sailor that's listening to the officer that was a nerd. That, you know, and this is just stereotyping, right? Not all true. But, um, so, uh, the way he was saying it kind of was just like, like, and one, one part was like, so you mad that this nerd is a nerd and they outrank you and, and you got passed up. And there's some other things behind that, right? Like, he, he, you know, the way he puts it was he was done over and not recommended for advancement. And it's all due to just, you know, toxic things of that leader, you know, whatever else. But it's like, what, what, what does them having to do with being a fucking nerd, right? Some dork of from fucking fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, or some shit in high school. What in a high school you didn't even go to? What's that that guy do with right now today? Right, like, so are you telling me that that you're recognizing or you're putting them in that stereotype and they're putting you in a stereotype and you guys can't break out of that just to be the the troop that you are with a sailor, marine, soldier, whatever, right, airman, and, and just be like and show up to do that job. Are you still hanging on to like you're the fucking cool person that you were in high school? Come on, man. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like you're a fucking dork, right? If you're still hanging on to that, if you're still hanging on to these personas that you thought you were in high school and bringing those over to here, right? And this is what you always hear, junior sailors or even even senior sailors. Fuck it. Like sailors in general, any any troop out there, right? Any person. Like, oh, man, so fucking high school. Well, when you talk like that about this shit, yeah, it is going to be like high school. When you're putting them as the fucking nerds and you as the fucking cool guy and and they're just mad at you because you're cool and now they got power over to you, so they're going to take advantage of it, then, yeah, it's going to sound like high school. It, yes, it's exactly what it sounds like because you're contributing to it, right? And then with that, you know, you're contributing to your own lapse of mental health along with other people. Right. Um, something I've noticed is people that have, uh, misery loves company. I'll put it like that. Depression loves company. Right. Um, and, and you know, I'm sorry if you, if you, if you've experienced those things, you know, I'm sorry. And I hope you're getting your help and everything. But what I see a lot of times for people that don't actually want to get help, that they want to feel this. I, I think they want to feel that way, right? They want people to always ask and they want people to, and they'll sit there and you can blast me in the comments if you want. No one wants to feel that way. Okay. So if you don't want to feel depressed and shit, 
why is all you follow on Instagram is depression and anxiety fucking meme pages. And that's all you repost. Right? That's all that's all you're consuming is shit that tells you that you're fucked up and that this and that. But it's okay. No, it's not okay in the sense of you should get the help so you could feel better, right? Because everyone should want to be better, right? That's what we're talking about. It's okay that you're having these troubles and it's okay that you're going to get help and it's okay to get better. What's not okay is for you to just slump down and always feel this way. That's not okay. It's not okay to pour it on yourself and and beat yourself up about it. That's not okay. What is okay is reaching your hand out and asking for help and, and people being around you and helping you get the help and you going through the help and getting better. That's okay. That's okay. I support that. What I can't support is when you've you've made no progress, right? And there's this like there's people out there I know about this. And, you know, no one no one around you know where I work right now. Nothing you know, past commands and stuff, right? Where all I see them post, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, on any of social media, right, is you know just all they do is talk about their depressive behavior. All they post about is their depressive behavior, right? Meme pages about how much, and it's not even like, like, it's not inspirational stuff. It's like memes of like, you're depressed, you're an idiot, and you should just go back to sleep. That's, you know, like shit like that. It's sad. It is so sad, right? Like you are not doing yourself any favors, right? I, I can understand it's hard, you know, again, never experienced it to those levels, okay? But, like, you're not making it easier on yourself, right? Are you telling the doctor, your therapist, or whoever that, you know, you follow 20 different fucking meme pages of anxiety and fucking depression, and all you do is repost them all day long? One, we know social media is fucking bad for you anyways, right? We know it contributes to depression, especially in certain fucking, you know, demographics and shit. But now we're on top of that, when you we've already been diagnosed with stuff, that's all you that's all you consume off social media, that's already bad for you. You're not doing yourself anything. Get rid of that shit. If that's you and you and and, and you think like fuck, I do re reposing, get rid of that shit. It's not doing you anything. Right? Follow fucking earth porn on fucking IG, where it's nothing but beautiful sceneries and motivational shit that makes you want to feel like damn. I can go see nature outside my house if I just go for a fucking walk, right? Go find that stuff. Get off those fucking, you want to talk about toxic, that's just toxic. Anyways, back to this Marine that's going off on shit, right? So he brings up the nerd thing, this and that, and then he brings up, you know, how many enlisted. He brings up how many enlisted, you know, are from ghettos, from poor neighborhoods, not the best family conditions, um, things like that, you know, maybe me, right? Not the worst life as a kid, not the best life, right? And, you know, they enlist and then they, they again, they go somewhere to be comfortable and, and have the stability and then they get the toxic leader and this and that and it's like this trickle effect, right? But to that, I, I, I kind of look at that like, well, you know, aren't you already kind of tempered by that shitty childhood, Right? Aren't you already kind of tempered by that? Like, don't you already have that thick skin? Or do you not? Right? And it's not that you should have it. 
But it's like, come on. Like, I don't know. Again, maybe it's just a, a, um, an era that we grew up in, right? Some of us older cats now, where it's like, it, it, it we didn't look at that to break us down. We looked at it to build us up. You know, so I just, I just, I found that part real interesting that he was tying that in there. Um, you know, when I joined, yeah, I was looking for stability. Um, I wasn't looking for comfort, right? If I was looking for comfort, I would have stayed my ass as a civilian where it was comfortably working a nine to five, comfortably going home every day, you know what I mean? Comfortably partying, comfortably still, I still had a good job and all that, you know, decent enough job, right? Um, I didn't want to be comfortable. I didn't want to be comfortable like I've seen so much of my family, like I had seen so many friends, right? That's why the fuck I joined, to get uncomfortable with shit that I don't know about. The Navy, right? I knew nothing of the Navy. I've shared this before. I didn't know how rank worked in the military, not really, right? I thought it was like a video game. You just kept going up all the way until you fucking had stars, right? I didn't know there was an enlisted and officer. I just thought everyone just kept going up. And I thought it happened fast. I had, I, I'm telling you, I was dumb. Okay. Um, so all that was uncomfortable. So like, what are, you, what are you coming in here to be comfortable about? Again, that's, again, I think that's a societal change in like the youngsters that uh, enlist today, right? No one's coming in for like service of country, right? All they're coming, uh, not all, but many are coming in. Oh, I want to travel the world. Well, you might not travel the world your first four years or your travels might not take you where you want to go, right? And then once they come in and they hit San Diego, it's like, well, San Diego is a great spot. I really don't want to leave no more. I thought you came in to travel the world, right? But now, you, now you're now you bucking the system. And you don't want to pick orders because you don't want to leave San Diego. Why, right? Um, I wanted to be uncomfortable uh, or I didn't want to be comfortable in, in that same place I grew up, right? So why would you join any military, especially like let's just use his example, Marines. What the fuck is comfortable about that? Stability, I can understand. I can understand stability, right? Because I went to a Marine recruiter and they had a cool little <clears throat> thing where they had these little plastic, like kind of like a name tape, right? Like you wear it with your NSUs or something, right? And it had all these, they had, I don't know, like 15, 20 of them, right? And it was like paycheck, insurance, medical, and all these different, they're all benefits, right? And they'd be like, what are the most, you know, what, what's, what's your top three, top five most important, excuse me, important things. It'd be like family and this and that. And then they'd, they'd, they'd play their little shell game and break it down to three. And be like, yeah, we could get you all that. Right. And it's a cool little presentation. Okay. And, um, you know, like I said, it's a cool little presentation they do. And pretty much what they're showing you and what I took from it was like, no matter what you pick of those little plastic pieces, all of them are stable. The paycheck hits on the 1st and 15th. The insurance is always there and it always gets paid, right? You have a barracks. Understandably, some barracks in some areas are not the best. You do have a living place, though. You're not homeless, okay? And it's free. And then at some point when you can move off, out, uh, off base, they give you money for housing. And depending on how you can swing that, you might save a little bit, maybe not. Maybe get a roommate, split it. You're saving more. That that's that sounds pretty fucking stable, you know. That shit ain't out in the civilian world. We know that, right? We're, I, as I talked to sailors recently that have gotten out, and I hear back, uh, you know, about sailors that have recently got out. It's uh, I think they're realizing how tough it is, 
and maybe hopefully soon we could get one on here and we could talk about it. Um, you know, it's not this pipe dream that a lot of people have of like, yeah, I'm gonna get out. I'm just gonna automatically, you know, start making fucking 90 K a year because I'm this or that Mm, for some it happens for a lot more. It doesn't for a lot more. It doesn't. So really guys sit back and ask yourself, like, have you put yourself in any position to do that? Right. As, as you know, just a couple, again, a couple episodes getting with my buddy, Alex, like, he got out, he was working this, working that, and he he took him a while to figure it out to what he was getting into, but then he eventually he figured it out, and now he's having great success. It doesn't just happen overnight. You know, the, the best stories that you hear, have any own, guess what? Most of them are retirees, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. They have the 20-plus years experience. They got, that did the schooling, you know, with, with uh, tuition assistance while they're on active duty. They got the degrees. They got the certifications. They have the leadership experience. They got the uh, management experience, all that. Then they get out and boom, within six months, they got a fucking top-notch, big-paying job, right? They got retirement benefits. They got uh, disability benefits, and they're making a six-figure fucking income besides all that other shit. Those are the ones that you're like, fuck, man, that, that person made it, right? If that's how you grade things, Right? You know, the the, the junior segment getting out, yeah, they might have got a job, this or that, right? Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Maybe they're happy with it just because they don't have to do fucking, you know, e-learning courses, you know, GMTs every year. And cool, that that's awesome. I can't wait to not do those either, right? Nikki, that's one reason Nikki got, not exactly one reason, but it was a contributing factor, right? She didn't want to be a nurse in the Navy no more because she didn't want to do Navy anymore. She just wanted to nurse, Okay, so, you know, all of that wrapped up into this, like, I think it's all contributing to the bigger and broader, like, mental health picture of all this, right? Um, we, we're, we, as, as a society now, are not preparing children to be, or young adults, you know, uh, you know, young adults meaning like 18, 20, right? Adults, but in the younger years, um for what this for any life is really like right and then in the military when they come in it's always oh just take care of them and it it really is kind of like this uh sense of like oh no you know when you say take care of it's like oh come here it's okay let me let me walk you through everything right i'll hold your hand i'm gonna hold your hand the first time right because you might not know where to go excuse me i'll hold your hand the like i said the first time because you might not know where to go but you better be paying attention as we're walking there, right? Because you're going there by yourself the second time, okay? That's how I raise them, right? I raise them to have those strong mentals because that really, I think, is a separating factor of good leadership and bad leadership if you really want to knock it down that lane, right? Those that have, like, the strong mentals and stuff are probably the better leaders, not that you can't have those issues and be good later, right? I'm not saying that, people. I'm just saying, like, if and somebody like, well, you know, if you've never experienced it, then how can you help with it? Because I know where the, where the resources are at. I know how to get you there. Again, that's something I will hand walk you over there to. And I'll show you all these resources, and I'll show you how to get all this help. But then after that, if you're telling me you don't want to go there anymore and, and continue to receive that help, what do you want me to do? What do you like? I've hand walked you there. I've shown you everything. I, I've I've led the horse to the water. 
I scooped up the water. I put it in his mouth the first time. It tasted good. I drank some with you. What do you want now? What else do we do? You know, it's just something, again, it's a lot of stuff that's been uh, popping up around me that got me thinking about this stuff, you know. And um, it's just really, I don't know, really touches uh, touches my heart. So I wanted to share it with you. Don't forget, like, subscribe, and it touches your heart. You know, uh, share it with someone else, too. Uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. You know, let me know what you think down in the comments. You know, have you experienced anything like that? How, where did you go to get help? How long did it take you? Um, you know, let me know if you're any military branch, right? Do you believe there's a stigma still with your leadership immediately or, you know, uh, branch wide? Do you still feel the stigmas there? Is it more of a branch wide thing, military wide? And if you feel that your leadership is, you know, got your back 100, then, you know, drop them down in the comments and let me know, uh, that they're there for, you know, let other people know that they're there for you. So, you know, the word can get out that, whether you're Navy, Army, Air Force, Space Force, Marines, that there are leaders out there that got your back, right? And, and everyone else that does it need, need to get on track, all right? Hey, thanks for tuning in today. You know, we'll be back with some more fresh episodes, uh, you know, coming up. Don't forget, for more information on how you can support the podcast, please visit us at anchor.fm backslash Bravo's Podcast. Information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of myself, Josh Moore, and the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent DOD, DON, or those of the respective institutions or organizations. Thank you.